Today joining us we have Sri Ram Imani, who is the founder of Indian Raga and an alumnus of IIT and MIT Sloan. Welcome Sri Ram. Thank you, it's great to be here and thanks for having me. Great. Sri Ram, for our audience, what is sum up Indian Raga in 140 characters? Sure. Um, let's see. So Indian Raga is a new age platform where the best hand-picked talent learns to collaborate and produce high-quality videos. Awesome. You know, what was that, what was that, you know, um, that point which said, inflection point which said, I have to do this? Sure. So I think I've always been very passionate about the performing arts, um, but it wasn't until I was taking this class at MIT called Digital Innovations. And uh, I wrote the business plan, the first ever business plan, and we've obviously not been doing that now, but the first ever business plan for the company in this class on digital innovations at MIT. And my professor took a look at that and he's like, why is this not a company already? Tell me from start to finish, how does the program work? So parent signs up, mm-hmm. uh, you screen through students. I yeah. mean, how is it as a process for a parent from start to finish? Right, so the uh, we do look for, right now at the current stage at which we are, we do look for students who had some basic training in their genre. So you come apply online with a very simple homemade video. And uh, we have a creative panel that will look at the applications and they will pick the most promising or the best talent that we have. They'll match them in a group that we think would be very enriching and fun to collaborate with. Then we put a very inspiring mentor from our side who's typically young and dynamic and you know well-educated and someone who you know every parent and kid would also look up to. So they spend some good amount of time learning or like uh, being led by that mentor to put the piece together. And then we you know give them access to a professional studio to do the audio recording and then the video shoot. And through the process we coach them on how do you do audio recording effectively, how do you present yourself in front of camera, and things of that sort. And once we do the mixing and the post-production, we release it online. Uh, have there been any interest, or has there been any interest from parents about you also taking the initiative to coach right from start, right? So at like what, age five, six is typically when you start? Right, in fact, some of them started age three and four as well. And um, what we're gonna offer more importantly is How do you decide what genre is best for you? And also, um, what kind of a teacher should you be working with? What you can expect from your music or dance or performing arts education? And how should you go about it? Yeah, so that brings me to my next question, which which is, uh, are parents today more, especially Asian and Indian parents, are they result-oriented? So we're always looking at what's at the end of the tunnel and are we headed somewhere there. Mm-hmm. So does, does that resonate with parent, Indian parents in the US as well? Yeah, I think, I think uh, uh, no matter where you are, if you're Indian or Asian, that's a trait that you see. And I think it's pretty delightful because in, in, in any case, the world is moving towards measuring everything, Absolutely. right? Even marketing today is all about like, you know, measuring ROI the ROI is. and everything. So it's, it's healthy to a certain degree. Um, but uh, I would say that we try to offer a balance of both. So at the end of the day, we say that there is going to be this amazing video that you're going to have, so which is your result, which is your goal, potentially. But for us, the actual value of the program is in the open sky brainstorming, the collaboration, the jamming that happens, and that's eye-opening for the process. You know, yeah, the process. And it is, it is the journey that matters than the destination. Tell me, how different are Indian kids in both the geographies? <laughs> and when are you launching in India? That's the, that's the important question we should be asking here. With regards to the difference uh, in Indian kids, uh, it's interesting. So, uh, one thing that like really comes across right, right off the bat is that uh, the use of technology 
uh, is huge in the United States. Um, it is not uncommon for kids to just get on Skype hangouts with someone in a different part of the country just to jam. Yeah. Like literally, that's there's groups of kids who are like tied in San Jose, New Jersey, Toronto. They're all sort of jamming Carnatic music, improvisations, and everything on Skype, and they're jamming away to glory. That's something that I don't think has happened in a big way in India yet because of bandwidths and constraints. Yeah. But I can totally foresee that it's going to happen, and we're going to kind of hopefully ride that way when it does. <clears throat> the second thing is um, uh, kids in the Western world in general are trained to be very good at communication. Like they can express what they're looking for, what they want, what their ideas are, and everything with a lot. And they're a lot more forthcoming about that than I've seen. You know, some of the kids in India who I think still need to be coaxed a little bit, simply because there is this aura here that you know you have to respect the teacher and the process, which you do. You do have to respect it, but being respectful doesn't mean you don't express. Yes, you can always express and kind of like bring your own spin to something which I think I see a little bit of a difference still. And um, I think the third thing which, I, which I'm sure is not uh, news to anyone is that there is sort of tends to be a fascination in India for the West. And for the and West. In, in the West for like all the things back home. Really? Um, so Sridhar, what's the gap uh, that Indian Raga is filling? I think the, the gap that we're filling literally is um, the difference between theory and application. Mm -hmm. So you could be training in an art form for a very long time, but how do you learn how to apply it in a way that's relevant? And, and that comes from your IIT background. It absolutely does. And like, you know, the first time I heard about this distinction, I'm like, that makes sense. And that's probably what the performing arts are missing right now, that you might be training in one art form, like say Karnatic classical music. Yeah. Apart from just giving your kacheris or concerts to like a core niche audience, how can you actually apply that to someone who is training in a different genre or someone who doesn't even understand your genre as an audience member. So we come in to help you understand how to collaborate with other genres and then also like audio video production which I think is something that today's digital kids absolutely need to know. Yeah. So how to present yourself and how to express and how to create something through the arts. So that's the gap that we're filling. Uh, a slightly ancillary version that I believe really is uh, when I look back upon my life, um, I think every single transferable skill that I have developed has come to me through my performing arts training. Like the first time I was on stage, the first time I worked in a team, the first time I really worked hard on perfecting something, the first time I had to deal with a subjective matter, like a, a dilemma on a subjective issue, like anything that you know in today's modern corporate workplaces you kind of like encounter on a daily basis, I didn't read it in a book or I didn't like write yeah. about it in an exam. So I think uh, through the arts, without dumbing it down too much, developing these skills to make you a well-rounded personality who can express, interact effectively and be a leader is something that we are really aspiring to. Have we done it yet? Not sure, but we are on track to providing opportunities for students to develop those skills. Right. Yeah. I'm going to ask you this, uh, you know, and it's something I just suddenly thought of, which was, you know, India's fascination for Bollywood. Mm -hmm. Would you at any point think of getting some sort of the traditional um, Indian playback or classical singers as part of Indian rock? or to mentor, coach, give feedback. Absolutely. In fact, did you know that most of the leading playback singers are in Bollywood classic. are very highly classically trained? Yes. And my personal passion is to place classical training and pedagogy at the core, not 
separate, not see that is different and this is different, but classical is the core, the way you learn grammar, the way you learn the alphabet, the ABCs with which you make sentences. Then you can choose to write an essay which is academic, you can choose to write like corporate presentations, but the core is the same. What was your inspiration to Cheap Thrills and how did this awesome version come about? <laughs> so uh, I was always looking to find easy entry points for classical music for young kids. Right. Because I think it's impossible, it's like asking a five-year-old to read the Bhagavad Gita and explain the meaning to it, right? It's tough to take them to a three-hour concert and just be like, oh, now you need to like this. Yeah. In fact, if you guys know till the age of six, in most auditoriums, kids are not even allowed. Yes. Yes. So what's the way in which you can draw their curiosity, right, more than anything else? So I wanted to take something which is a really, really good popular Western song and then have like a classical spin to show what Indian classical music can do. Today, you know, and, and coming back to our conversation where we're saying that kids are, you know, and parents especially are very uh, result-oriented, is it, is it hard for you to convince parents to to collaborate or to be part of extracurriculars? You know, like when you and me were probably growing up, it was like, okay, academics it is, what your ICSE or your SSE score is, I mean, 10 standard marks is what will define you or, or like make or make break you. Uh, anything, you know, increasingly number crunching, data analytics, uh, anything that is repetitive yeah. is being taken away from humans and being given to algorithms and robots, right? So you cannot, in today's day and age, mm -hmm. say that my child is just going to focus on math and analytical ability. You have to focus on skills that are built that machines can't at least now replace, which include being creative, you know, being impromptu, improvising, leading, inspiring, motivating. These are all skills that are going to be increasingly in demand in both corporate workplaces and otherwise. Mm -hmm. So when we talk to parents, we see two clear segments. One set of parents who are already sensitized to this, who are kind of seeing it in their own workplaces. Yes. They latch on to our projects immediately. So we kind of work with them even in Bombay, like we're working with a few parents and we're launching our first project soon. And the parents immediately see the value. So we launch with them and then we use that as an example to convince other parents who are still not sensitized to the idea. You also mentor and um, you know mm -hmm. an advisor for kids who want to get into uh, say Ivy League schools or look at you know education um, you know globally. So tell me, how do you, how do you um, help children find the differentiator? Because like you rightly said that you know now in today's times, one of the times when you could do something better or faster than somebody. Mm -hmm. Today, how do you um, not or make make every child stand out instead of looking at looking like clones? Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> I think one of the first things I tell people is that uh, finding your passion at a young age is probably the most important thing that already sets you apart. Mm -hmm. Because once you do that, you're giving in your 150% to it and your effort is evident through whatever you do. So that's one of the first things I try and tell parents and students about it that don't do something because that's the norm. In fact, yeah. this is the age of breaking norms. Yeah. And um, something that might be considered esoteric or exotic might actually be incredibly valuable. So that's the first thing. Um, I kind of try and then I, so I, I also work, uh, I, I'm in close contact with a lot of admissions directors at top universities. I do advise a lot of parents uh, and have resources to connect on, you know, getting into the top school and everything. But these schools are, they're not an end in themselves. Yeah. They're a means to an end. They're an accelerator program. Right. So we talk to students about like, you know, finding their passion, like the right way to go about pursuing an art form, what to expect from it, what level do you need to reach and how do you go about that? Right. And what interesting things you can do with that. 
to kind of you know set yourself apart. So those are those are some of the aspects we focus on and you know kind of mentor kids on. And on the evaluations bit, right? So we discussed this earlier, right? Mm-hmm. How do you, you know, uh, in terms of you know the child's performing arts, how do you evaluate performing arts? Right. And that's that's it's it's a great question to ask because it's like so we have so the traditional professional yeah. exams that stand for right uh, what they stand for. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, no, you... So we are introducing interesting different kinds of metrics that we are constantly vetting both with the experts as well as with like new age folks. So there's definitely you know pitch, rhythm, uh, diction, pronunciation, which are easy to fix because like you know if you've sung at a certain pitch, you're either correct or you're not correct. But then comes the emotional impact. And sometimes, you know, these kind of things you get as group feedback. You can't have one person evaluating and say, oh, this didn't emotionally appeal to me. Maybe not to you, maybe to someone else. So that's where this idea of like releasing videos online, watching people's comments. I mean, along with 10 million views, we also have millions of comments. And people have literally told people that, you know, your emotional expression like is great in a certain fashion. This needs to be developed a certain way. So that's part and parcel of today's evaluation metrics. So Do that's, the kids get affected by the number of views, comments, likes? <laughs> well, I think uh, when you're trained to in an art form to the degree that our fellows are trained in, you can only do that if you have a level of humility. So I think they're all taking it really well. I haven't at least seen anyone who kind of like develops a chip on the shoulder and I hope it stays that way. If you don't come from a musical family background or lineage or where your parents are not very you know, musically inclined or oriented. How do you pick these students, or what is the, um, you know, what's the roadmap for a parent who thinks, or doesn't, or is not sure that my child has it or doesn't have it, and maybe this is the right forum or right platform? How does a parent go about? Yeah, and. Um we were discussing earlier that I spent about a year and a half being nomadic and traveling every four days to a new city, spending time in a, being hosted by a new set of parents, literally to kind of delve into their lives and understand what sets the prodigies apart and you know from the others. And one thing I'd like to tell all the parents out there is that your child doesn't have to find that one thing or that one instrument at the get-go. Mm-hmm. The idea is to just develop an interest in the arts in general. Uh, most parents who've had like child prodigies, they've developed it by just, you know, having an instrument lying around when the child is a toddler. Mm-hmm. Like just have like a veena lying around or like a, you know, ghatam or like a mridangam lying around. The child just goes and like hammers something on it and just is like fascinated, like what is this thing lying here and like pluck something and kind of makes this sound. So doing that and then developing your own intimate relationship with that instrument has what, that's what's encouraged the child to then go and pursue it. Right. That's how they start. They start that and then after a point comes, you know, they'll suddenly discover, say, the cello, which they've probably not seen because it's impossible for a parent to like expose a child to every single instrument, right? So, but once you have your basic foundational music or dance or anything ready, then you can very easily kind of switch to something else later on if you are so crazily passionate about it. So don't feel like if you, if you, if, if the child if the cello is the instrument, then he has to discover that at the age of four. So just right. like start with whatever you have access to. And the second most important thing is the role of the teacher, right? right? The teacher is the one who basically motivates a child to want to do music or dance or a performing art or not. So like being understanding, like, you know, being um, considerate of the child's like learning speed and abilities and breaking it down for them, making them feel encouraged, but at the same time challenged. I mean, it's, it's a skill, it's an art. Is- Music, um, is it passion 
talent, uh, is it black or white or there is it grey? Yeah, but like with anything... you have it, you don't have it, or if you have it, you, do need, you don't necessarily need to be the best at it. Mm -hmm. But it's either you have it or you don't have it. But it's like nature versus nature. Like it's always a combination of both. I think uh, you do have something artistic about you, uh, which you can nurture, and then kind of like bring it out effectively. Right. I am yet to see someone who has like zero talent. And everyone who says I'm tone deaf and like I'm musically not gifted just probably hasn't found the right teacher who can break it down to them. Right. You know, so I, I that's that's my personal belief. So I think anyone can, you know, sing or play something or dance or whatever else it is, but you just need to some people kind of take to it very quickly, you know, because like they probably have you they realize pitch much quicker. Right. Some people might take some a little bit more time, but everyone can do it. Ray, uh, you spoke of the role of the teacher mm -hmm. being so uh, prominent. What about the role of the parent? Because I feel like uh, it's a lot of commitment for a family. Good point, because uh, a lot of parents are completely clueless what to do with the child's education and like, artistic arts training. So one thing that they need to keep in mind is that um, practice in between sessions has to be deliberate, effective practice. Just because you're making the child sit down and play, you know, a veena or a violin, like, you know, over and over again can sometimes actually be counterproductive because if the child is not practicing that effectively if they're playing the same mistake over and over again they will learn the mistake as well over and over again right so practice has to happen under the presence of someone who can point out if there are mistakes so either invest in the teacher spending some time with them or find a very good peer group i mean going back i couldn't have cleared the iitje without my peer group of like three friends who every single day we like sat and worked things out amongst ourselves. It was not my parent pushing me to do it. Yeah. I would not even do it then. But it was more about finding a good peer group and which is what I'm seeing across all our Indian Raga fellows across the world. They all are part of peer groups where they find like-minded people who can like point out mistakes, like help them help them keep motivated. You always do things in social groups, right? right? So that you can keep doing that. I think that is more critical than the parents sitting down and like literally forcing them to do things all the time. This is like practicing effectively and everything, but having an incentive or a goal always does half the job. Right. The minute a child knows that they're going to be recorded and someone's going to watch them perform, you see how they practice. Thank you so much and wish you all the success with Indian Raga 